Good morning, everyone. It is the Lord's Day, the first day of the week. Can you think of a place any better than this for Christians to gather together? People who have a like, precious faith. Faith in God. That somehow, some way, everything will work out. Just like he said in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Now we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. We can be thankful this morning that Ann is with us from her surgery, looking good and feeling better every day that Treva is back from a stay at the hospital and hoping her blood pressure's like it needs to be, and she'll be getting stronger all the time. We're so sorry to hear about Amanda's sister's friend and their family at the great loss there, and we'll continue to pray for that family uh, as they um, adjust a, a new way of life. Somehow, some way, our faith it will continue and we'll maintain that faith in God and the promises that He's given us in His Word, the Bible. We know according to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 that without faith it is impossible to please God. For he or she who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So we're going to continue to believe in God, and we're going to continue to put our faith in God, and we're going to continue to diligently seek after the things in the world that are of God. Knowing, having our confidence in God, that the benefits of faith in Him far outweigh any temporary benefit of worldly decisions and worldly things. We know how faith comes. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. God never expects any of us or any human being in the world to have a blind faith that we're just to believe in Him, even though all the evidence is stacked against it. God would have us to look at the evidence and test the evidence for ourselves. Read this book, the Bible, He would say. Let your faith in me then be increased in the reading of it. Test what I've written and revealed to you in my word against the things of life and see if you won't find that I'm exactly right. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands this morning, but how many of you have tested the rules of life and found that the rules of life are always true? You don't have to raise your hand, but I'll certainly raise mine. If you want to test gravity... Gravity wins. 
Now you might say, I'm looking at Mike back there. Now wait a minute. Put wings out there. That's right. And you do have to have an engine. Wait a minute now. You can glide, but only so far. Now there are other places that gravity does not exist. Gravity on the moon is different. Gravity in space, there is none or very little. And those, but there's still rules that apply. The rules of life. In the teenage class this morning, and Amanda, we did this because of the news that we'd, we'd be uh, talking about this, this day from your friends, but I said, you know, all of you, if you haven't gone on vacation yet, you'll go on vacation. And you might stay at a condo or a pool or something, or I mean, not a pool, but a hotel or motel. You, you might stay and you'll go down to go swimming in the pool. There's a big sign on the wall. And before I even got the words out to what the sign said, one of the teenagers said, Do not dive. You've seen it. And I, I told the teenager, or asked the teenagers, why is that sign there? Is it there to rob you of your freedom? I mean, how dare these grown-ups take away our freedom to have fun at the pool? Well, if the pool is 20 feet deep, there will probably not be a sign there. One of the reasons that sign is there is the pool is 3 feet deep or four feet deep. And we even went so far as to say, if you jump in the pool, what happens? Your feet hit the bottom. If you dive in the pool, what happens? See, and we went through the whole you know, story about it because the teenagers in our class this morning needed to be reminded that adults are not trying to take away their freedom to express themselves, but trying to help them to live a longer, happier, healthier life. We have a Father in heaven who has given us the rules of faith. And with these rules of faith come the benefits of faith. Our Father in heaven is not trying to rob us of our freedom by giving us His commandments. But what He's trying to do is help us to live a positive, healthy, happy life. Long life. And if we, and I found, if I abide by His principles, the principles of faith, then indeed my life will be happier, healthier, and depending on the perspective you take, longer. On Sunday morning, we're looking at our series of sermons entitled The Six Benefits of Faith. The Six Benefits of Having Faith and Maintaining Our Belief and Our Diligent Life Toward God. We know and we've looked at, first of all, that faith determines what God can do in my life. We know that God can, even when we may think we can't, in Him, 
even we can. We need to maintain our faith in Him. Even when things look impossible, this is the second benefit, our faith in God can solve what we think or what we see as impossible problems. Money problems. Emotional problems. Family problems. Problems in the world. Our faith in God, our allegiance to Him, and our lives lived according to the principles that He's laid out for us are beneficial to us. And when problems and issues come up in our lives personally, in our lives in the family, in our lives in the church, in our lives where we work, in our lives where we go to school, or in the community, or in the world itself, our faith in God can solve impossible problems. Now today, let's look at the third benefit of, of faith. It's simply this. Our faith in God, my faith, your faith in God, is the key answered prayer. I need to pray and believe and when I do, I will receive. Someone said, pray and believe, you will receive. Pray and doubt and do without. Makes sense to me. However, sometimes you pray and you do not receive. Actually, you do, it's just no. Okay, You do receive the answer to your prayer. Sometimes it's no when it's not good for you or me. When there's something better on the horizon. I mean, do we really want God to answer our prayer today for what we, what we think we want or need when He knows better than we do exactly what that might be? And He knows that next week, next month, next year, what's going to take place because He's God and we're not? That's a reason in, in every prayer that we pray, we should always pray, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, if there's something better for me waiting, that's what I want. Don't answer this request if there's something better. But Father, from what I see, from where I am, I need this. So here's what he says to us in our lesson text in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 beginning. Ask, and you'll receive. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it'll be open to you. And he said, for everyone who asks, receive. To him who seeks, will find. To him who knocks, it'll be open. Then on down he says, if you being sinful or evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good things as a father to a son or a father to a daughter? If you do that for your children, how much more will your heavenly Father do that for you? 
when God is so much better than we are. He sees when we can't see. He feels what we don't feel. He knows what we don't know. And so that's where our faith is. Not in what we can see, not in what we can feel, not in what we know because we're limited. He is unlimited in His thoughts, in His ways, in His strength, in His power, in His provision, in everything that He has. He's the one wherein we trust. God, give me what I need. So, the question today for us is, what do you need? Whatever that is, ask God for it. In James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men and women liberally and without reproach. That means he won't ask for anything back. He doesn't ask you to pay for it. And it will be given you. But let us ask in faith without wavering. For he who wavers back and forth, he says, is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man think he shall receive anything from God. For a double-minded man is unstable in in all his ways. I'm not going to give you something if you're going to be wishy-washy about it. What do you need? Ask for it. But know what that is. And let that, that need be right before God. Not wrong before God. Let anything we ask for, of God be beneficial to Him and to us to bring Him glory and to benefit us in this life. And we need to measure those things. Ask. Whatever you need, ask. Then He says, what are you looking for? Then pray about it. He said, Seek and you'll find. You know, when we're praying, there's also some work involved. After we pray, Lord, this is what I need and I pray you'll get it for me. Then we get up from prayer and we go about in our lives acting as if it's coming. Readying ourselves for what God would give us. We're seeking the opportunity. You know, we pray for the opportunity, then we seek it. Lord, I need a job. Then we sit in our recliner with a glass of sweet tea, with a remote control. Our cell phone is lying right there on the table. We got up early. No, no, we got up at 10 o'clock. We had that prayer for a job. And now we're watching our favorite show, drinking a glass of tea. Our cell phone is waiting on us with a remote, changing the channels. And at the end of the day, we wonder why we don't yet have a job. I mean, after all, I asked for it. Okay, but did you seek it? Well, how do you do that? Well... How many applications did you put in? That's seeking. How many friends did you call? I mean, one of the benefits of being a Christian is is having access to the network of fellow Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ. Not too long ago, my son needed another car. I said, well, before you go and ask about cars... Let me ask around in the church. 
And I asked a few people, and a couple of weeks later, one of the men came and handed me a name and a phone number. I don't know anything about this. I got this from a friend of a friend. We called my son and my daughter-in-law and myself. We went and looked at the car. Wow. Brand new set of tires. Had a price on the window. $1,500. And of course, I said, would you take a thousand? I mean, you know, you're supposed to, that's what you're supposed to do, right? And I made sure I, I brought my son and my daughter-in-law where he could see that they were there and needed a car. I wasn't buying the car to resell it and make a profit. That's different. And he said, I'll tell you what, for your son and your daughter-in-law, I'll take $1,000. And my son wrote the $1,000, he got the title and drove off in that car. And he drove that car for five years. And he only traded it just because he could to get something new or newer. Ask. Seek. Part of asking is seeking. Seeking God's will. Seeking the opportunity. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, make sure we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That, that whole part of that chapter in Matthew chapter 6 deals with us worrying about what's going to happen. Worrying about whether we're going to have a roof over our head. Worry about whether we're going to have the right clothes. Worry about whether we're going to be able to pay our bills. Worried about whether we're going to have another meal. When he says, do not be anxious for your life. He said, look at the birds of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. Does, God, does not God take care of them? Oh, you of little faith, he said. Will God, in, the God in heaven, not much more take care of His creation, of humanity who were created in His very image? As a father to a child, as a father to children? Then he says, trust God and let God deliver to you and provide for you for your needs. And He will. But then He said, But seek first the kingdom of God, that's the church, and His kingdom in this world, and His righteousness, how God would have you to be in your life. Live that way. And He says, And all of these things, the things that you need, will be added or given to you. We ask God, if you need something, ask Him. If you're looking for something, are you seeking after it? Then He said, are you just needing a chance? Are you just looking for an opportunity? He said, there's a door. Knock. And what will happen? It'll be open to you. I mean, let me walk up to your house to visit you. So, I'm walking up to your door, okay? Here's your door. Your home, your cars are there. I hear the TV going, talking going on in there. I stand at the door. And I stand there and stand there, and you never come to the door to open it. And so, after about five minutes, I turn and get back in the car. And Sunday, when you're here, 
I shake your hand. I said, you know, I came to see you this past week. You did. I said, yeah. I stood at the door for five minutes. And you never came to let me in. Well, honey, did you hear Brother Mickey at the door? Well, no, I didn't hear anything. Did you hear anything? Well, we got to check our doorbell and see if it's working. Uh, I said, well, I didn't ring the doorbell. Well, I must be deaf or losing my hearing because was the TV on too loud? Because I certainly would have heard somebody knocking at the door. Oh, I didn't knock at the door. Now, are you as confused as I am? I'm like, you know, you're sitting there going, now, wait a minute. You didn't ring the doorbell. You didn't knock on the door. How did you expect me to know you were here? To know what you wanted? I mean, isn't that ridiculous? And so Jesus then says to us, if you're needing an opportunity in your life, are you knocking? Are you speaking when you need to speak? Are you investing yourself where you need? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? He said, knock. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, a verse we've already, already quoted, we know that all things will work together for good. To those of us who love the Lord, to those of us who are the called according to His purpose, we knock on the door, the door of opportunity, that's the opportunities that are all around us to see what's available so that we might bring glory to God, so that we might have an exercise in our faith to show Him that our faith in Him is the key to answered prayer. I'm going to pray to God, but I'm going to have faith in God. I'm going to use that key to open that lock so that God will hear and answer my prayers, not according to my purpose or my will, but according to His purpose and His will, because that's how Christians live. We have our purpose, yes, but doesn't God's purpose always supersede ours? Well... I hope. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we're selfish. But we should always give in to God's purpose. Father, not my will, but your will be done. Where do you stand in this lesson today? Do you believe or do you not believe? Do you have faith or do you not have faith? I mean, is Jesus just playing games with us? In the Sermon on the Mount, with all those multitudes there, He being the Son of God, yea, God Himself, became flesh, the Word became flesh and dwelled among us, and He is a, a light of the world that's come into this world, to, in a world of darkness, to give us the light. And He stands, or He sits at, on the mountain here, and He's declaring to those people and to us today as we have the reveal word, if you have a need, pray about it. And while you're praying, seek after God's purpose and will in this issue, in this problem, in this circumstance, or in this opportunity. And in the midst of it all, we're always knocking on the doors of the minds and the hearts and the lives of people around us. 
faith in God is beneficial to you and to me, to the church and to the world. The world needs hope. But in order to have hope, we have to have faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. We're not going to always be able to see what's on the horizon. But God does. And so our faith and confidence is in Him. He just asks us to put our hand in His and let Him lead us where we need to go. Now that sounds like some mysterious thing. Every morning when we get up, we, we pray, we thank God for the night's rest. We pray for strength for the challenges of the day. And we pray for wisdom to take advantage of the opportunity of the day. Even Jesus in the Lord's Prayer only prayed, Give us this day our daily bread. Help us to be forgiving people as you forgive us. He's given us a pattern of life to live. And then Eric comes up this morning and reads from Philippians about the, the beauties of living the Christian life and thinking the way Christ thought. All of that is faith in Him in living that kind of life. And you will see when you make those choices to live a life of faith in God, in His Son Jesus Christ, you will then have all these benefits of faith that your faith in God determines what He can do for you. When I, when I won't believe Him, then His hands are tied. Trust me, He would say to His disciples, trust me. Do you remember Him being in the boat? the waves of the sea and the storm all around them. What was Jesus doing in the back of the boat, the stern of the boat, while the storm raged around all the disciples? He was sound asleep. Now that's peace. It's more than peace. It's confidence. No, it's more than confidence. It's faith in His Father. Even when his disciples woke him up and said, Master, do, do you not care that we are perishing? And Jesus, after he rebuked the wind and the waves, rebuked his disciples for their little faith. It's almost that he said to them, Do you really think we're going to sink with me in this boat? I control the winds and the waves because I created the winds and the waves. And oh, what a sight it must have been when he said, Peace be still. And a great calm came on the lake or the sea. And even his disciples were astonished, amazed. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Shall we be any less than the winds and the waves when He asks us to follow Him? Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sin is a bad There are no benefits to sin. None. Zilch. 
Zero. Only pain. It may look pretty, but it's not. Repent of sin. Confess Jesus. Be baptized in His name. If as a Christian you've not lived the way you should, make a change. I stand ready to help you if you'll come as we stand together, as we sing.